0: This is episode 16 of the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, an integrative health coach, fitness trainer, yogi, and wellness lifestyle consultant. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, inspiring you to honor yourself every day through discovering how to eat more, move more, and live more. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm getting a little bit more personal. So, I know you guys have heard me talk about my issues with hormonal imbalance and coming off the birth control pill, but I haven't really given you the whole deal, and there's a couple reasons for that, but I'm going to really be really diving into it today with you guys. Um, Mostly the reason that I haven't shared too, too much on it at this point is because I'm still kind of piecing it all together myself. And I felt like talking about it too soon would kind of confuse other people, especially if they felt like they were experiencing similar things. um, And I didn't want to sort of lead people down a rabbit hole before really having answers myself. So now that I'm kind of piecing it all together, but believe me, by no means am I an expert on even my own body at this point, or what what all is going on, I'm striving every day to figure out what is going on more and more, um, I have a better idea of what's happening, and I can sort of give you the rundown of what I've been going through, what I'm doing to get rebalanced, um, and what that process for me has looked like, so that if this is something that you're also going through, maybe you will find some similarities um, and help you feel a little bit more understood and less alone. I know for me that that's something that I've always wanted, is to know that what I'm going through is not entirely unique i mean everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different of course but that in the struggles that we go through you're so often not alone in the things that you're experiencing and i think that's one thing that regardless of what you're dealing with is so important to to know for having the motivation to push forward is knowing that there is someone out there at least one person at least one if not a hundred people who Have gone through what you're going through and have come out the other end well, alive, happy, and thriving. And knowing that someone else has gotten through that, there is every reason in the world that you'll be able to get through it as well. There's no reason that you can't because that person who got through it is no better than you. They're no worse than you. We are all on the same playing field. We are all on the same earth in the same atmosphere and organized by this same universal life energy so if there is someone out there that has gone through something that you can relate to that just should be such a motivating thing for you to know that you can get through it too even in the darkest of times you will get through it so just sort of wanted to preface with that but um, let's rewind a little bit and sort of talk about kind of where it all started for me. This is another reason why I've sort of held off on getting too in-depth on things because I'm realizing that where my personal hormonal imbalance originally started from was like way, way, way back. So if you listened at all to my first episode here on the High Life Podcast, um, you would know that I started getting into wellness at a pretty young, ripe age at around 10 or so, maybe even younger than that, honestly. And it's because I was, to be honest, I was getting really self-conscious. I was a young kid who was putting on, you know, a little bit more weight or baby fat, whatever you want to call it, than my siblings were, despite, you know, eating the same things and being just as active, being on sports teams and things like that. And um, it didn't really bother me until, you know, kids started either saying things or, um, you know, we were on... (laughs) so funny to think about now, but we were on this vacation and Disney world. And I just remember it was so hot and I was just so tired and miserable. And like my little cherub thighs were like chafing together and, you know, just, I was just a kid, but you know, it just really made me uncomfortable. And I started looking at my siblings and I'm like, why do they not have this problem? Like what's wrong with me? And, um, that's really when I started to look at things differently and try to understand what was going on with me. And, um, you know, I, I honestly kind of feel for my mom and my parents because they really just wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to be happy and healthy. And they were trying to understand all this, too. And remember, this is also when, you know, we didn't think that it was unhealthy to, for kids to be eating, you know, hot dogs and and mac and cheese all the time or, or pizza bagels or whatever and all of these different sugary cereals and that's just what kids were having and a lot of the times you know kids can have this stuff and they won't have issues until they're older and going through um you know di- digestive problems or having food sensitivities or allergies or brain fog or developing ADD and, and all this stuff only now are we really realizing how it's all connected but back then you know even though we were all kind of eating the same things my siblings had naturally really fast metabolisms and it just didn't show up for them the way that it showed up on me and Um, my, my mom and I, we kind of decided that we were going to investigate this a little bit more and try to figure out, you know, what was going on. And, um, all that my doctor could really tell me was that, you know, she has a slower metabolism and we were like, okay, great. What does that really mean? And it was kind of like the answer was, you know, eat less or, you know, eat fewer carbohydrates or eat less fat, or it was kind of just like overall eat less, move more kind of thing. And there really wasn't much further explanation behind it. Um, which, again, even now I can't fault them for because I've, I've only really come to realize recently that your primary care, um, especially your pediatrician, they really don't get any insights into nutrition and how that really affects you um, and your overall health. And, you know, going through medical school is an amazing thing, but so many schools, you know, I, I hopefully they're getting better about it, but so many of them don't require you know, much more than a single course on nutrition, if that. So it's really not their fault that they didn't have the answers. Um, And especially back then when it just wasn't as such um, a well-understood or well-researched topic. But um, so from there, it was kind of like, okay, well, what are the latest diets that people are going on? And my grandparents, um, who also were sort of struggling with being a little bit more overweight in their, you know, the later part of their life had been um learning about atkins and trying atkins and i know where your mind is going with this and yes i tried atkins as a 10 or 12 year old and again we had no idea the kind of toll that this was going to take on me and my hormones and my growth development but um and again and i wasn't on it for super super long term but it did happen and so I went and spent maybe like a week or so with my grandparents, and I think we were all going sort of as a family, and it was just like a nice um, way for me to sort of see how they were eating and doing things a little bit differently, and it was kind of like, okay, like, we'll be around them, so maybe, Meredith, you can try some of the things they're doing and see if that helps you, and, um, you know, looking back, I really don't, I don't regret it. I don't regret anything that I've gone through in life, even if I feel like in the end, like, you know, there are certain things that... (laughs) maybe weren't worth it, but ultimately, you know, I learned, I learned these things from going through them and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them away. So one amazing takeaway that I had from going through all that was it brought me closer to food and, and, and wanting to get involved with food and what I was eating and not just, you know, sitting down to the table and putting, having a plate be put in front of me. It, It got me into the kitchen. It got me learning how to make scrambled eggs, learning that I even liked eggs, um, learning how to, you know, cook differently, you know, things that don't just go in the microwave, but learning how to use an oven and a stove and um, different like seasonings. And it just got me um, sort of really introduced to the realm of cooking, which, um, as you guys know, if you've been following me for a while, is such a huge part of my life now. Um, but I will say that even then, you know, Atkins was also super focused on just the numbers game. It was, you know, how many carbs are you having and not really focused on the quality of the food. So, even though I was cutting things down to having like 20, 25 carbs a day, which sounds absolutely insane because now I have probably at least 20 carbs in my first bite of breakfast, um, is yeah, it was just, a, it was, it was crazy to think that that's what I was doing. But again, this is sort of what I had to go with. And um, so for a few months, um, I went with that. And even though I was having like 20 carbs ish a day, I was still eating things like hot dogs and, um, I was having eggs and cheese. Oh my God. American cheese, which will, okay. <laughs> American cheese is not cheese. It is like, it's not even dairy. I don't know what it is. It is a product. It's not food. Please, if you're eating American cheese, like for dairy in general to each their own, but please do not eat American cheese. Um, but things like that, or, you know, I was still eating processed foods that had, you know, a certain number of net carbs because you could subtract the sugar alcohols and like all that crap. And it was just not, still not by any means close to a healthy diet, but because of, you know, how few carbs I was eating, it did help a little bit at first. Like I, you know, I, I did lose um, some of that um, excess weight and was feeling awesome about that, you know, but again, it it only works to a certain point and this is something that I now understand too as a uh, as I'm studying integrative health that you know, low carb will work for people in the short term. If you have a lot of weight to lose, you can go low carb for, you know, about 3 weeks or so, but that's when you really want to start Cutting, or I'm sorry, you want to start adding them back into your diet because if you are removing carbohydrates from your diet for a longer period of time, especially as women, you are going to, pardon my French, you're going to fuck up your hormones. And lo and behold, (laughs) I am dealing with those repercussions now, man. And this is sort of why it took me a while to sort of piece it all together because it's like the past. You know, few years, I feel like I've been eating all the carbs and like all these different healthy fats. So I'm like, what is going on? But I'm realizing now that it all started way back then, and you know, it's now something that I have to go through, and that's just how it is. And I'm coming to terms with that um, and learning and growing from it. But, anyways, to get back to what I was saying, um, I, you know, it worked. It helped me lose a few pounds um, and I was feeling really great and then it kind of plateaued. It didn't really work anymore and I was, you know, becoming um, or, you know, I I was becoming more and more in tune with the way my body reacted to certain things or I was adding more, I was adding things back in that um, I had been cutting out like, um, you know, a little bit more fruits or adding breads back in here and there, but not a lot. You know, one thing that did also help me realize in cutting certain things out was that I didn't crave them like I thought I did, like cutting out cereals um, and, you know, processed breads and things. I realized that, you know, I I don't really crave them. I don't really want sandwiches and stuff all the time. Like, I don't actually need that stuff. Um, So that was a positive takeaway. Um, And it just sort of got the ball rolling on me, sort of figuring out, okay, what does work for me? What doesn't work for me? What can I have that's not going to have a bad impact on... Uh, my health and how I feel, and what am I going to, you know, be more reactive to. So I spent a lot of the following years of middle school and high school kind of going through that self-experimentation and what I always preach, being your own scientist and figuring out, you know, what did work for me and what didn't. And, you know, it it was a long road to get me to where I am now and realizing what, you know, a healthy diet really looks like and that it's plant-based, it's whole food nutrition, it's eating plenty, you know, you know, mostly plants, not too much, um, you know, and not looking so much at the numbers, but at how you feel and knowing that the, the foods that you're having, as long as they're natural and unprocessed and, um, as organic as you can, like that's what matters. Um, but you know, to get there, I dabbled with, you know, South beach or I dabbled with this one diet that I don't even remember what it was called or where the hell I found it but I just remember it was telling me that one day my lunch was supposed to be like an entire tin of cashews and like three pieces of rolled up ham like deli ham <laughs> and I'm like I'm actually horrified thinking about this right now but things like that thats just like I mean hey I went through it and I got to where I am now so I wouldn't take it back but man if you know I kind of wish that there was someone just like saying, Meredith, this is (laughs) wake up for a minute. But, you know, we can't change the past. Um, And so eventually I kind of just got to a place where I realized that I was adding more and more veggies back in and feeling amazing. And I just I loved roasted veggies. And that just made me feel really good. And I didn't feel the need to have. You know lots of red meat you know i wasn't cutting it out consciously but my we, we didn't cook with it all that much at home like we were very focused on fish and chicken and um you know there was only two or three times really that um we would have red meat at home which was you know my dad is amazing at making burgers and my mom's one of her signature just dishes is this awesome flank steak so whenever we had that um i would eat it and that was fine but i otherwise never really craved it you know if we went out to eat at a restaurant it was never the steak dish that, you know, made my mouth water. It was always the salmon dish um, or at the time it was the chicken dish or something. Um, so that's really what my diet consisted of was mostly veggies that I loved. And there was some fish and chicken in there when, you know, we had it at dinner time. Um, I was eating dairy, but it was really only in the form of like Greek yogurt and, you um, you know, occasionally I had ice cream or something. And, oh, that was the other thing. As a kid, I lived off of milk, like lived off of milk. I had like two of my best friends. Um, they are twins and their mom, like every time I would go over to their house, they would buy like a fresh jug of milk or a fresh carton of milk whenever they knew I was coming over because I would drink all of their milk. <laughs> and thinking back on that, I'm like, mom, how did I ever drink so much milk and she was like yeah you were a pretty flatulent child (laughs) um so kind of started cutting back on the dairy a little bit but greek yogurt was fine um was never a huge cheese person so again kind of like red meat that wasn't something that i consciously was cutting out at first it it was more just like i it was like a take it or leave it kind of thing like if it was part of a dish fine but like i've never been like i'm craving cheese right now or um, anything like that. So, I kind of more and more realized that I was naturally eating a mostly plant-based, you know, vegan 80% of the time diet, aside from the occasional fish, chicken, and Greek yogurt. Um, and so it wasn't really until after college, even, that I started to more consciously eat mostly animal. I mean, um, mostly plant-based, and cut out like the chicken and the dairy and stuff, and kind of got me to where I am now of eating mostly plants and sometimes fish, um, and that's kind of it. But again, that's, okay, that's getting to a different story, different tangent. Anyway, getting back to where I was, um, back when I was still going through like middle school and going through puberty and all that stuff, realizing that my period was, you know, not coming about, um, or it came once and then not really again, and wasn't really sure what was going on. And I think I was like 13, 14 or something when it came, um, sporadically. And, you know, it's hard to recall exactly what initially prompted me to get my hormones checked, um, checked, but, uh, we did. And it came back that I had really low estrogen and I believe that it was because of what I was cutting out of my diet from such an early age Um, that my hormones were being thrown off. and, And now understanding a bit more how hormones work, you know, your body is going to react to different kinds of stress, all different kinds of stress. It's going to react to it in the same way, which is the fight or flight response. So whether your body is stressed out from... Um, you know, running from a bear biologically, that's sort of where that response comes from. Um, It comes from that survival response. So whether you're running from a bear, whether that's physical stress of working out a lot, um, or whether it is emotional stress of going through a tough time or being stressed out about school, um, or, you know, going through something difficult with your family or a trauma or something like that. Um, if it is internal stress, such as, you know, gut based issues, or if you are not getting enough nutrients in your body, all of those things, your body is going to react the same way, which is the fight or flight response. And it's going to go into basically survival, survival mode, because it thinks that, um, you know, your body that you're not in a safe environment. And so twofold, it's going to divert energy away from some of the other bodily functions, such as your reproductive system it's also going to divert it away from um uh, your digestive system so that's another reason why when people are stressed out they can get a lot of um, stomach problems um but so your body is going to um stop giving so much energy to those functions so that it can provide you with the energy that you need to escape the situation basically and survive um, it's also it's telling your body's also thinking you know this is not a safe environment for you to raise a child in or for you to even be getting pregnant because, again, we have no energy to give to you growing a child when we need to get you someplace safe. So your body's never messing up. It is a brilliant, brilliant machine. And so that's sort of its response to it. So knowing that now, I I think, of course, of course, my estrogen levels were low. Um, But at the time, you know, this was not explained to me. And I didn't have the beauty of these functional medicine labs and, you know, the um, studies and research that we have now to understand this. so my doctor's uh, suggestion was to go on the birth control pill to bring my estrogen levels back up, because especially at that age, you know, estrogen is really important for bone health. Um, and so they were concerned that because my levels were so low, I was going to grow up and have arthriti- arthritis or osteoporosis or any number of other issues. Um, so they started me on the pill pretty young. I think I was like 15 or so. And um one thing that I didn't even realize until recently and very recently, and you guys will hear soon enough, I had an amazing interview for the podcast um, with uh, Nat kangrulis who is a Chinese medicine practic- practitioner, um, an acupuncturist, and she is a hormone specialist. And she was telling me how, you know, we're finding that women really don't have um, their hormones fully developed sometimes up until the age of like 25 Which is crazy because so many women I know, like myself and so many others, go on the birth control pill so young, maybe even younger than that. Um, And it's really not an issue that it, it is such an issue, but it's not one that we really talk about. And that's so crazy to me. So basically what she was telling me was that I never gave my body the chance to level itself out. One, of course, like doing the deprivation that I was, you know, going through at that age was really not helping things. But two, I also wasn't giving my body a fighting chance to figure itself out. You know, I, even though I was adding more things back in at the time, like I had already done some damage and my body needed to reevaluate itself and re-level itself. And I was kind of just trying to take a shortcut and without really knowing that that's what I was doing. And, um, so basically going on the pill, cut short my body's process of going through puberty on its own. And fast forwarding to where I'm at now, I'm basically, in in other ways, my body is going through that puberty process now at 25, which is just making so much more sense and giving me such an incredible appreciation for my body and what all of our bodies do and how just how brilliant they are. But It's also giving me such a different understanding of the patience that I need to have and the appreciation for what it's going through and just giving it time and honoring the time that it takes because we would never rush a teenager going through that, you know, and if you're like me and you're going through this process now, too. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't expect that of yourself now as an adult, because as an adult, you know, why are we any different than when we were as a kid? You know, we, we don't rush children to grow up. We don't rush them to go through the processes that they go through. So why would we rush ourselves now? Why can't we have that same kindness for ourselves, that same level of patience and tolerance? So I know that that's a, a struggle for me. Sometimes I'm definitely not going to say that that's something that comes easily for me. I'm working on it all the time. But that bit of insight was really, really eye opening for me. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear that podcast that's coming up very soon. Um, But getting back to my story, basically, I was on birth control for about eight or nine years or so. And um, first of all, I had to go through maybe two or three different brands of taking the pill to find one that didn't cause negative side effects for me. The first one or two that I went on actually made me really depressed which was really scary because I didn't even really know that it was depression. I I was also going through, you know, as a teenager, my one of my first heartbreaks at the time. And so I kind of thought that was the reason I was feeling so low. But then I realized, like, this is like a different kind of low that I've not really felt before. And talking to my mom about it, we realized, you know, I have the wherewithal for some reason to go and check, you know, what is the side effects of my prescription? And like the very first one was depression. And I was like, okay, stopping right now. So went off that, tried a different one, and eventually found one that was amazing for me. Honestly, I loved it. Had no complaints. Like, I had, you know, my period would come on time. It would last like three or four days. It was always a predictable um, cycle, and it was never painful. I didn't have cramps. You know, I was barely moody, if at all. It was great. Um, And I also had clear skin. And that's the other thing is I, I was lucky enough to never really have acne problems as a kid because... I went on it before my hormones really had a chance to do their thing. So I never really went through the hormonal acne phase. And then all through college, uh, high school and college, I was on the pill. So I didn't really have the acne struggles. And so that was never something that I knew how to overcome. Um, But then it was about a year or so after I graduated college that... I and around the time that I was getting more into nutrition studies and wanting to, you know, become a health coach or, you know, make a shift into the wellness space that I was getting really, really um, even more so than I was in tune with my body. And this was always sort of a topic that was looming over my head. You know, I could eat healthily as you know, eat a super clean diet. I could. You know, exercise as much as I wanted or, or didn't want. And that was also something I was figuring out at the time was what that meant for me, what that looked like for me. Um, and, but, you know, I, those were all things that I could control and I could sort of see the results of, but I couldn't control what my hormones were doing. And I didn't know if I was going to get a period naturally because I never had, I never gave my body that chance. And so I decided, uh, this was about May of 2018 that I was going to go off the pill and just see what happened. And I didn't, you know, get permission from anybody. I don't know, think that you need to do that. Uh, I mean, preface, you know, okay. I want to say this, like you make decisions for yourself. I'm not saying like, don't do things without consulting your doctor. Like if you feel comfortable consulting your doctor, by all means do for me, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to make decisions for myself. I'm going to go off it and see what happens. So I stopped taking it. And I knew just from like Dr. Google that I should expect a few months of not getting a cycle or, you know, experiencing skin breakouts or whatever sort of things um, happen as your hormones get, you know, rebalanced. Um, and at first I didn't really get any side effects. Um, my period wasn't coming, which I was like, okay, well, that's kind of normal. But I was like, nope, I don't have, I'm still not getting any acne. You know, I don't really feel like I have mood swings. Um, I have the same amount of energy. I wasn't really bloating any more than I, you know, normally was. Um, which again, it's like, that's a whole other story because as you guys know, um, also if you've been following me, maybe you don't know, but, um, I've been Uh, dealing with candida bacterial overgrowth um, in my gut so I did have a gut dysbiosis and I don't know when that originally started but I do believe that again this could be something that originated all the way back then when I was 10 years old and starting on this whole shindig because I was having all these different artificial sweeteners and all this crap that we now know contributes to gut dysbiosis so that's another story but Um, I wasn't experiencing anything that felt out of the ordinary for me or that I wasn't already going through. So I was like, okay, well, maybe this means that my hormones were kind of already balanced in the first place. And like, maybe this is a good sign. And then about three months in, uh, the acne started. And that is when I started to break out a bit on my forehead and my cheeks and my chin, kind of just like, all over but in mostly those more more of those like hormonal acne places and that was honestly that gave me a hard hit um because like I said I was never really used to dealing with that of course I had like one or two pimples here and there and that was fine and easy to manage um but I never really had the amount of breakouts that I was having and even then I mean I do feel blessed because there are some people that go through really really horrible really traumatic cystic acne and mine was never that bad. So I honestly feel blessed. Um, but again, it was, it was more than what I was used to. And if you have clear skin now, please, by God, never, ever take that for granted for a single day, because you don't know what you got till it's gone. And as soon as that, you know, was something I was going through, I was like, man, I would give anything, especially as someone who's never been super, super into makeup. I could give anything to just roll out of bed and walk out my door and you know not think about my skin and at the time like when I was going through that like I really couldn't and that was just so it just really threw me off Um, and affected me in ways that I didn't really expect it it to but it did Um, and it sounds you know it, it kind of sounds very surface level but it's really it's something that I know a lot of people go through and You know, again, you can't really understand until you go through it yourself. But um, anyway, I I did go through that and I kind of just had to have this mindset about it that it's temporary and that, you know, I uh, there are other things that contribute to acne, you know, diet contributes to acne, stress contributes to acne, all of these things. And I had to know, you know, I know that I'm eating a really clean diet um, I know that you know I've I'm not eating inflammatory foods. I'm sure, maybe there is something that I'm eating that I that is considered healthy that I don't know that I'm sensitive to, but from what I can tell, you know I'm not having any different foods than I was before um, that would be contributing to it. And I didn't feel particularly stressed out. Um, I had already made you know my career shift and for me at least you know it's a stress and excitement is a very fine line and i um you know have been growing you know the high life for a while and um was you know working in a startup and and at pvolve and there was a lot going on it was a very overstimulating environment which naturally living in new york is as well and so it's it's always been sort of a hard line for me to to know when I'm crossing into the stress mode and when I'm just in like that really go, go, go excited, feeling really inspired mode. Um, So I didn't really pinpoint that I was feeling particularly stressed either, even though as I'll get into, that was a whole other thing. Um, But so I was experiencing acne at this time and I was just trying to have as much patience for it as I can, knowing that it was temporary and that it would sort itself out. My hormones were going to level out. It was not, um, you know, anything that i could really do much about except just get through it not stress more about it because stressing about the acne was just going to make it worse um and just you know having patience um and i wore a little bit more makeup at the time and which allowed me to find some of the um, cruelty free and um, plant-based uh, skin or excuse me skincare and makeup products that i know and love now so again a positive takeaway from that experience Um, but I also did go to a dermatologist at the time and his recommendations were for me, um, were to either take an antibiotic orally, which I was like, nope, not happening. Because I also had learned that part of what can contribute to hormonal imbalance, um, and gut dysbiosis in the first place is taking antibiotics, which I had done, for a myriad of things in the past, from getting strep throat to, you know, whatever kinds of sickness that I had. Um, A lot of people go through bouts of taking antibiotics and uh, we don't really think anything of it. But now that I have this understanding and going through the studies that I'm going through, I have a whole new perspective on that. So I was not about to take an antibiotic. And so the other thing that he recommended was a low dose uh, retinol, Um, which I don't, I mean, Personally, I think that it's fine to use, like technically a retinol is a uh, artificial form of vitamin A, um, so it's not natural, but what I'm on I think is like a 0.01%, something like that, it's prescription, it's called a delpeline. Um, so it's really, really low, um, and you know, there are benefits to retinol, you could argue that because it's synthetic, it's not you know great for you but for me it was a great it was a good middle ground and it was what I needed and it sort of was a you know it, it was something that I needed to do to sort of get me through that stage um and I don't I don't know that there is research around it being particularly harmful because of how low a dose it is um but again, I am also accepting that I don't know everything, and if there is a study that comes out that's saying it's really bad for you, or, you know, I, I won't be an advocate for it anymore. But again, okay, that was a tangent. I digress. Um, but I just, I did want to share that that is something that I did use and that I did find particularly helpful. That and using a salicylic acid-based cleanser, um, I've been using one from CeraVe and that's also super low dose so there's nothing super strong in that and i found that it was great because it wasn't drying my skin um and i didn't i I was finding that using lots of spot treatments and things with like benzoyl peroxide that wasn't really working for me um so using the cleanser was great because it would kind of prevent breakouts rather than treating them once they came to surface um so that's been great for me and if you're interested in that it is um listed in my amazon storefront so you can go check that out um so after about a month or no it's probably more like two months two and a half months i finally finally got my skin under control and i can honestly genuinely say my skin has never been so clear um and that just makes me so happy and it's reassuring because you know, I, it tells me that I was right, that my initial inclination was that it was hormonal, that it wasn't my diet or anything like that because nothing's changed really much with it. I mean, something has in terms of like I'm consciously eating a little bit more fats now. Um, I'm more aware of, um, you know, not eating so many leafy greens, which I think was probably also not contributing to the digestion Um probably is contributing to a little bit of the digestive problems that I was going through. Not to say leafy greens are bad, but for my body, my digestive system, um, if you like want to get into Ayurveda and stuff, I'm very Vata Pitta um, and have a hard time digesting raw foods um, and leafy greens kind of fall into that. So leafy greens are amazing and I eat them all the time, but I do have to be careful not to have like the this massive bowl of them and i have to be make sure i'm chewing them very very well so that my body can break them down or i just make sure that they're cooked um but another tangent (laughs) um getting back on course so my diet really didn't change um i wasn't adding back thing things back in or cutting things out um at all so knowing that I, i knew it wasn't anything that i was eating it was like pretty much purely hormonal and now that my skin is super clear I feel like I can say that my hormones are getting back to that place where they are leveled out, and that's really exciting for me. So it has been now almost, you know, 10 months or so since I went off the pill, and I do not still have my period. But what I have learned in that process and continuing to investigate myself this entire time, um, I went and did functional medicine labs through um, Equilibrium Nutrition. Dr. Cabral, who's like my guru, and you guys know I talk about him all the time, um, highly, highly, highly recommend anybody who's going through any sort of hormonal-based issue, whether it's connected to your thyroid, connected to stress, connected to gut issues, running these functional medicine labs are going to be so, so insightful. They're going to give you so many answers rather than just trying to guess at what's going on. Just get the answers. Just stop guessing and start testing because it's going to save you so much time. And while it feels like an initial upfront investment, think about it. Like if your money isn't going towards your health what else are you prioritizing? What are you prioritizing above your health? Because your health is everything. Your health is the way that you show up to the world, the way that you show up to your friends and to your family. And, you know, yes, like there, are, I'm not going to deny that there are other important things that you need to spend your money on, such as, you know, making sure there's food on the table and mortgages and all that, th- those things, those are important. But I do want to make sure that people are putting aside, um, you know, the, dispensable income to spend on their health because that really just changes the game. Um, and so many things in life that we feel like we're struggling with become so much more manageable when you have your health. So I really, really encourage that people, um, understand that and that it's not your health is not something that you want to wait to attend to we run right now on such a sick care society not a health care we don't we you know we don't support people that are healthy it's almost like this at least in the u.s it's almost like this policy where if you're not on your deathbed, then you're fine, you're dismissed. But we don't want it to get to that point where you're sick and dying and you have all these issues. We want to be addressing them before they really get bad so that it doesn't take all of this effort and all this medicine, and all these surgeries to overcome them. So um, the beauty about functional medicine labs that, you know, basic hormone or blood panels can't really tell you is, the range that you really want to be in for optimal health. Um, Because a lot of times if you're running blood work, you know, those are great. It's great information to have. But if something is showing up wrong on your blood panel, that's a real problem because blood work doesn't really, um, they give you a range, but it's not, it's too big of a range to really know whether if you're in the normal, um, if that's really a healthy place to be. Whereas functional medicine gets really down to the nitty-gritty of where you need to be on all of your levels to be well. They get really specific on that. And they also can test for biomarkers that blood can't necessarily test for. So when I ran the Big Five, I I—you know—I did this. I asked for it for my birthday, and it was the only thing that I wanted. And um, I really wanted to better understand my health and what was going on. So I ran the Thyroid Adrenal Hormone Lab, which tested um, for my reproductive hormones, it tested for my cortisol levels, it tested for my thyroid function. I also did the organic acids test, which reveals um, your basically your gut microbiome and whether you have a gut dysbiosis, um, what levels of bacteria you have, good, good and bad. Um, I also ran a food sensitivities test, um, which tested uh, healthy foods that I could potentially be sensitive to. I also did an omega-3 test, which tests your inflammation levels. Um, and basically your ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. And I also did a hair tissue mineral analysis, which tests for your vitamin and nutrient levels in your body. um, And seeing, you know, that can be really um, revealing of how any sort of stress that your body's going under is going to pull away from your vitamins and your nutrients. So Um, while your blood tests can kind of test for more surface level, you know, how much are you getting on a daily basis? It it almost kind of pertains more to to that exact day that you got your blood test and not so much to what your body actually is retaining. Um, So that gave me some more insights into where I was having some deficiencies that I wasn't aware of. And really getting that whole full perspective was so eye-opening. And while you don't have to run all of these panels, like you can run just one of them, for me, I can't imagine having not run all of them because it's just crazy how much they are all connected. So what I got, what I took away from my organic acids test was that I had a bacterial overgrowth in my gut. Um, And because of that, I had been experiencing, you know, the bloating issues and digestive issues and things like that. But because of that, my body was under a constant, all the time, 24-7 state of stress, of gastrointestinal stress. And that paired with you know, living the busy, you know, overstimulating lifestyle that I do was putting my body in a consistent, constant state of stress. So even though I was no longer restricting calories or things like that or restricting carbs, my body was still stressed out all the time because of my gut issue and because of just the environment that I've been in. So um, that was really, you know, eye-opening for me. And then also on the hair tissue mineral analysis uh, lab, It revealed some deficiencies that I was having, um, which again, sort of vicious cycle will contribute to your body being overly stressed. But by being stressed, it was drawing away certain nutrients from my bones, from my tissues um, and depleting them, even though I was, you know, eating a really healthy diet, Uh, my body just couldn't hold on to them. And also, even though I was eating a super healthy diet, because of the gut dysbiosis that I had, my body wasn't able to fully absorb all the amazing nutrients that I was putting in it. So everything was really coming full circle, and it was just it's so amazing to, to see it all in that way and to really understand what my body is doing and how it is not messing up. There is nothing wrong with my body. It is doing everything that it's supposed to given its circumstances. So that's one thing that I want everybody to sort of take away from this, if anything, is that, rather than get frustrated at your body or whatever it's going through right now, have an appreciation for the fact that it is doing its goddamn best. With the situation that it's in, with the information that it's given, our bodies know exactly what to do to heal themselves. They are so, so smart, and it is our job to give them the information, so the vitamins and minerals, the nutrients, um, and the environment in which they can succeed. We need to put them in a place where they can be healthy and don't worry about the rest, because it'll all just sort of fall into place. So um, if you get one thing from listening to all of this, um, let it be that, that, you know, your body is not messing up, it is always, always on your side. Um, so that's really the, the biggest takeaway that I got from running those functional medicine labs. So what did I do from there, I was recommended going on the CBO protocol, which stands for Candida bacterial overgrowth. So I went on that protocol, it's three months, and I have a whole other podcast that I did that talks about that process, if you are curious to learn more about that and what that entails. Um, And then I also went on some other supplements to combat the um, deficiencies that I had. So I was on um, some calcium magnesium, Um, I was doing zinc. And um, some omega threes because my omega panel came back that even though you know I was getting lots of healthy fats, it was mostly coming from avocados and um, uh, like olive oil and things like that, which don't have like the ideal. Um, ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s that is necessary to maintain healthy levels of inflammation um, it's kind of like cholesterol and that there's there's good and bad and it's not great to have zero cholesterol or you know or like re- it's not great to have your cholesterol off the charts either and same thing with your omega-6s and omega-3s like it's you need both but if your omega-6s are way outweighing your omega-3s then you're going to have high levels of inflammation so um i really needed to sort of uh bring the ratio back to a steadier state. Um, And again, it kind of like everything feeds into itself, right? So this inflammation, this internal inflammation that I was having was not contributing to um, the uh, levels of omegas that were in that I was getting from my diet. Um, So I was going on a supplement for that. Um, The other thing they told me I could do was have sardines, uh, or anchovies, um, and salmon, like, four or five times a week. And Um, To be honest, I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot Um, and I had never really had sardines before I was like, wow That sounds really gross Um, But I actually was open to it and I've tried sardines and I am not against them I just try to make sure that they are in water not oil and that they are no sodium added and they Yes, they kind of smell fishy, but they are not like that salty gross You know flavor to me. They kind of just taste like you know canned tuna anyway, Um, So what else was I taking? Um, I was also taking some adaptogens. So um, this product called Adrenal Soothe, which has ashwagandha um, and some other adrenal (laughs) soothing adaptogens um, that really was going to help me with my cortisol levels that were basically elevated all the time. Um, So it was kind of what um, my hormone panel was revealing was that because of this stress that I had all the time, my cortisol was high when it was not supposed to be and um, meaning that I had relatively lower cortisol in the morning and then it would kind of get higher as opposed to normally you want your highest level of cortisol in the morning and that's when you feel energized from waking up and then it slowly progresses into the day and it kind of hits a lull around 3 p.m. And that's sort of when you have your um, 3 p.m. slump. And then in getting into the evening, it starts to dip a little bit more again, and that's when you're getting ready to go to bed. And what was happening for me was I was kind of at a lower cortisol state in the morning, and it was kind of progressing more and more during the day, um, which makes sense for me now, because I would kind of get most of my energy in the middle of the day, and then it wasn't super easy for me to turn down at night, and I would kind of get a big second wind at 10 p.m., and You know, the lifestyle that I was living, I was, you know, go, go, go all during the day. And then I would kind of come home and feel like, okay, now I need to work on my, uh, my, on my business. And that's when I get on the computer, I get on social media and it just sort of all perpetuated from there. And I was not falling asleep when I should. And I was just, my body was very out of its natural rhythms that it should be in. Um, And so because of this high cortisol, my body was not producing the estrogen and progesterone levels that it needed to, to have a period basically. Um, And it's because the, my body's uh, pregnenolone, it's like the mother hormone, um, wasn't enabled to produce DHEA, which is the precursor to estrogen, but instead it was constantly being pulled into creating cortisol, cortisol, cortisol. Um, So with all of that, I began going on these different supplements to rebalance my deficiencies, I was going on the CBO protocol to take care of my gut issues. Um, What was I also doing? I was also eating more um, fats from the sardines and um, consciously eating a little bit more fish, which I'm doing, and that's always felt pretty good for me. Um, And... What else? Oh, so I've also, you know, and this is something you'll hear me also talk about on the podcast with Nat Kangrulis um, is that I have been sort of consciously, but also unconsciously making that shift to more um, restorative workouts. And I don't mean like, you know, only doing like yin yoga, but in other words, I also, you know, being always on sports teams my entire childhood, going through um, puberty and adolescence and Um, Even in college, I wasn't on sports teams anymore, but I was always doing these really more high-intensity workouts, um, always because I kind of thought I had to, as I'm sure you've heard me talk about on other podcasts, um, thinking that that was just what I needed to do to stay in shape. And even though I've always loved yoga, it was always something that I did kind of like once or twice a week because I felt like I needed to balance it out with something a little bit more intense. But um, over the course of the past few, uh, I'd say been about a year now, maybe a little bit more, um, like a year and a half, I've been really tuning into what my body enjoys doing, the kind of movement that it loves and that I get good feedback from, physical feedback from, and that is doing lots of yoga and it's doing low impact workouts where I'm not constantly putting my body under greater levels of stress. So I'm doing low impact things like Pivov, like Melissa Wood, Pilates style workouts and lots and lots of stretch, stretching walking a lot as opposed to going for long runs things like that so that's not something that i was starting to do because of my hormones it was something that i kind of was just realizing i enjoyed more and got more out of both mentally and physically um and i've been really honing in on that in this process of trying to recover rebalance my hormones because um realizing just you know how like I I was saying your body responds to to all different forms of stress the same way that doing those kinds of high impact workouts was really not contributing to my recovery so um, I've been really really loving the fact that naturally the way I've been inclined to move the past year is actually very conducive to balancing out my hormones so Again, I've been focusing on lots of walking, um, doing yoga pretty much whenever I can um, as my form, main forms of exercise, and then throwing in there some resistance-based, um, again, low impact, but you know light, light ankle weights, um, resistance bands, that kinds of things that get your heart rate up a little bit, but in that kind of way that really energizes you and doesn't um, deplete you. So those are what I've been doing. Um, and what I feel like has been working for me and to get to the end of it, you know, again, like I said, I don't have my period yet, but I feel like I am at that place where I feel like it's just around the corner. And I can't really describe why I feel like it's just sort of a, in a, a mental state of knowing of again, getting being so in tune with my body that you sort of pick up on subtle changes. And, um, I, A lot of it, too, is mindset and just knowing that it's going to happen for me and not trying to hold on to or cling to that descriptor of myself as someone who has hypothalamic amenorrhea, um, which is the technical term for it. Um, Because I think, you know, this is something that any disease that we may have, people sort of latch onto this term, this diagnosis, as a form of their self-identity and who they are. And I think that it kind of perpetuates the issue because they kind of start describing themselves as someone who has this condition. And by continually saying or describing themselves as, a, a, you know, a victim or a survivor of or struggling with XYZ disease they're confirming to themselves that this is something that they have and that it's part of who they are rather than voicing it in the way that it is not who you are it's just something that your body is experiencing and why do we even have to put a label on it at all you know that's just something that is happening for you right now and it's not going to be happening forever um but it's something that you're learning from um your body is going through and it is it is recovering from um so oh, the other thing that I've been doing is seed cycling. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. And I'm going to be doing a a post on that a blog post, um, if I haven't already put that out um, by the time you hear this on seed cycling. And basically what that is, is for the first 14 days, um, or if you don't have a cycle, you can time it with the moon cycles. Um, For the first 14 days of your cycle, first half of the month, you're eating a tablespoon each of ground flax seeds and ground pumpkin seeds. And it's important that they are ground because that's when they become more bioavailable to do their thing. Um, And those help raise estrogen levels. But also if you are someone who's going through PCOS or estrogen dominance or endometriosis, they also help to lower estrogen levels. Basically they just bring those estrogen levels back into balance. And then the second half of the month, second half of your cycle, you do a tablespoon each of ground sesame seeds and ground sunflower seeds. And that does the same thing for progesterone, basically. And um, that is an amazing natural way to do it. I um, have, I can link up a podcast that Dr. Cabral did on seed cycling that really introduced me to the method that I think you'll find really helpful. Um, and we also talk about it in my interview with Nat coming up. So I've been doing that um, only really religiously for the past month or so, so um, I also feel really confident that in doing that, giving that a few more months' time, that's really going to help my body heal as well. Um, So I feel really good about where I'm at in my journey, what I'm doing, and um, I felt like that was worth sharing with all of you um, in the hopes that if this is something you're going through, which I know so many of you are because when I asked you know, what sort of questions do you guys have for... um, my interview with nat so so many of you um responded you know how do i get my period back naturally you know and other questions that were surrounding that um and you also had so many questions about you know how to handle bcos and things like that so the other thing is know that you're not alone in those problems because there's so so many of us that are going through them um and you know for me it's not like i was trying to hide any of this from anybody but i was also sorting to sort of trying to understand for me you know, by nature of what I do on social media, and as part of my job as a health coach and that sort of thing, is to find that balance of you know what is, um, you know what is okay to keep personal and private for me, and what is okay to share, and um, you know what is beneficial to share. Um, and sort of when I saw all of those responses, those questions, I felt like okay, this is this is something that um, you know a lot of people are going through, and I feel like it would be helpful for them for me to talk about. So, um, hopefully this was helpful for you. I know this was, um, a little bit of a longer show. So if you've made it through the whole time, like kudos to you. Um, but I really hope that you took something away from this and that ultimately at the end of the day, you don't feel alone in what you're going through, knowing that you will get better from it because I have every reason to believe that I will be healing from it, which means that you have every reason to believe that you will too. Um, so, Feel free to share this show with anybody that you think would benefit from it. Um, please rate, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. You guys know what to do. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. And stay tuned for that upcoming podcast with Nat Congrules. I think you're going to get so many, so many takeaways from it. She's a really a lovely person. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm pretty much all talked out. I need water now. My mouth is getting dry. <laughs> All right, guys, talk to you on the next show. Last thing I wanted to touch on is the upcoming spring detox that I am doing. Um, I do a functional medicine detox every season. It is seven days. It is a liver detox, um, which is so amazing. And I forgot to mention that it's another thing that I've been incorporating into my seasonal up seasonal habits, I guess. Um, in this process of rebalancing my hormones and really getting to the best place of health that I can be in, um, and doing a functional medicine detox like this is really, really amazing for detoxifying um, the body of you know if you've if you've gone through rounds of antibiotics, if you've done hormonal birth control, all of these different toxins that your body accumulates from things like that, um, these functional medicine detoxes will help you clear. So if you are interested in doing a functional medicine detox, they are so much more fun to do and easier to do when you have a support system. Um, So if you'd like to join us, we are starting on April 7th. You can head on over to the High Life Daily Facebook group. And just drop a note that you are in on the detox and you can visit my Equilibrium Nutrition shop on my website and get the detox through there. Um, Yeah. Okay. Now I'm done. (laughs) Hope you can join us and talk to you soon.